0: Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss.
1: Merry Christmas! Welcome to Torch Trust's hour-long Christmas Day Reflection Special. I'm your host, Marilyn Baker, and we're so glad that you've joined us on this very important day. Let's get things started off with a beautiful Christmas song. This is the Gabriel Trumpet Ensemble and the Tabernacle Choir with Joy to the World. celebrate Christmas every year, getting wrapped up in the joy of the season. How busy it can get, buying the cards and the gifts and the food. And of course, that can all be a lot of fun, as well as a lot of work. But I wonder if we sometimes lose sight of the real meaning of Christmas. Well, we've made that the very heart of our show today, because we've prepared a very special retelling of the nativity, written and performed by blind friends of Torch. So settle in with us as we share the Nativity story, a story which begins many years before the birth of Christ, with a prophecy.
2: For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and for ever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish
3: this.
1: As we are told in the Bible... Mary, a young woman from Nazareth, was chosen by God to be the mother of this prophesied child. I wonder what on earth this revelation was really like for Mary, young, unmarried, and suddenly finding her world turned upside down.
4: Imagine one of the unmarried girls in your village getting pregnant and everyone talking about it. Then when you asked the girl who the father was, she would reply, it's God and it was an angel that told me I was going to have a baby. Would you believe her? I bet 10 to 1 that you wouldn't. Nobody believed me either except my mother who's always had my back. She was there the day it happened. I was sifting flour and daydreaming Something I usually do, and then this being stood there. It sort of looked like a man, but sort of not, and there was this bright radiance about him. I was naturally startled as I hadn't heard him come in. Fear not, he said, for you're favoured among women. You know the rest of the story, and so you know it's true, but back then nobody knew and nobody believed, like I said, except my mum, who was outside and who had seen the interaction. I didn't say anything to Joseph until I started showing. I didn't know how to, and part of me was perhaps still doubting that it was really true. When I finally spilled the beans, he looked at me with these sad eyes, and then he said, I'd never have believed it if I didn't see for myself. And he know these changes things. I can't marry you now. A crushing sadness came over me, but at the same time, I felt calm. If Joseph wasn't with me, I knew God was. Later that evening, Joseph came to our house. He and my father sat in long, hushed conversation, and then Joseph left. My father didn't speak to me for the rest of the evening, and breakfast that morning was a subdued affair, until Joseph came and said that he believed me, that the same angel had come to him in a dream and told him what I had told him was true. Abbas smiled then and said, "'My blessed daughter,' I'm so proud to be your father. Because our neighbours know Joseph and I aren't married, and because getting pregnant out of wedlock is very shameful, and because we didn't want to explain the God involvement, I mean, who would believe it anyway? It was decided that I was going to stay with my mum's cousin, Elizabeth, whom the angel had told me was also pregnant. I had only met her once, but... I remember her having been very sad then about not having children. Now I was very happy for her.
1: So Mary got herself ready and went to the town in the hill country of Judea, where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. When Elizabeth, who, remember, was also pregnant, heard Mary's greetings, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She shouted loudly, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. Let's listen to Mary's response to Elizabeth now.
5: My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in
0: Generation for he
5: performed such mighty deeds and a sky.
1: Magnificat, or Mary's Song, by John Pantry After Mary's visit to Elizabeth, it was time for she and Joseph to go on a journey. The Roman Empire at that time had decreed that every man must return to the town of their birth to take part in a census. I wonder how the people felt about this. It must have been a big upheaval, and I expect many weren't pleased. Although perhaps there were a few who were glad of the news.
6: What's that you say, Jacob? You're telling me that... Oh my goodness, Caesar's at it again. He's going to take a census. Well, ha <laughs> ha! it'll be lots of denario for us. Lots of money, lovely money. So, we'd better get cracking then. They'll be arriving soon. If they've all got to come here and get registered. So... Jacob, how's that extension going? Well, you better get it finished because we're going to be really jam-packed. It'll be great. We'll get so much money. Whoa, lovely.
1: Well, I wonder if we'll be hearing more from that character later on. Meanwhile, Joseph, who had been born in Bethlehem, was getting ready, along with his new wife Mary, to make their journey. Consulting a map shows us that Nazareth to Bethlehem is a 93-mile journey. It's a good distance even nowadays, but it must have felt incredibly slow on a little donkey while heavily pregnant.
0: The donkey that Mary rode from Nazareth to Bethlehem Along the dusty roads Through the towns he went with them He knew who was riding Messiah foretold I wonder how much he knew The donkey that Mary rode The donkey that Mary rode The donkey that Mary rode rode Was a humble servant too. He knew there was a work that God had for him to do. When he saw the Savior wrapped in swaddling clothes, his eyes shined like diamonds. The donkey that Mary rode, the donkey that Mary rode. The donkey that Mary rode Saw the manger where Jesus lay He felt God's glory When he heard Mary pray He receives no honor All honor to Jesus goes But let's not forget The donkey that Mary rode The donkey that Mary rode he receives no honour, all honour to Jesus goes. But let's not forget the donkey that Mary rode, the donkey that Mary rode, the donkey
1: that Mary rode. The that Mary
0: rode the that Mary...
1: And that was The Donkey That Mary Rode, sung by Carol Roberson. You're listening to Reflections from Torch Trust. And we're all wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Well, maybe you've suddenly had your Christmas plans changed, turned upside down. Some of you may be looking forward very much to having family. Some of you may find you're spending Christmas on your own. But Jesus understands all the struggles, all the ups and downs we go through, and he wants to draw especially close to every one of us this year. Emmanuel God with us. Remember, that's his name. But one thing I've learnt lately, you know, Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, although it was very small, has an interesting history. It was Naomi's home before she left and moved to Moab because of the famine. And there she met Ruth. And once they came back, what blessing the family had through Boaz, their relation, their kinsman-redeemer, who married Ruth. And the genealogy shows that Jesus came from that line of descent. Isn't that amazing? But did you know that it was also the place in the time of Jesus where shepherds prepared lambs ready for the daily sacrifice? They were brought in to Bethlehem. They were bred there and they had to be perfect So the shepherds were doing an important job. And they wrapped the newborns in cloths and laid them on hay in the manger. How amazing then is the fact that Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who gave his life as a complete sacrifice for us to rescue humankind from the power of sin, the power of death and bring lasting forgiveness to all who call upon him. He was laid in a manger on hay, which was really prophesying his destiny. Anyway, here's a song from me, You're So Dear to His Heart, it's called, and we wish you a time of peace and joy over this season. man to live on this earth. He came very quietly, a humble birth. We were held in the grip of sin and decay. He came to open up a new way. So dear to his heart He wants to draw you close So you can be a part Of the wonderful things He is longing to do When you let his spirit live in you Let his mighty spirit live in you Taken by God's Son So that we could be freed From the power of the fall Death is conquered There's forgiveness for all Created in love You're so dear to His heart He wants to draw you close so you can be a part of the wonderful things He is longing to do when you let His Spirit live in you. Let His mighty Spirit live in you. Than snow, nothing separates us now. His love we can know, he fills us with hope, he stays by our side, our constant friend and God created in love. You're so dear. Heart, he wants to draw you close so you can be a part of the wonderful things he is longing to do when you let his spirit live in you. When you let his spirit live in you. What he has in store for you All those things he wants to do So we left our nativity story with Mary and Joseph making their way to the town of Bethlehem. And they weren't the only people doing so, as the town was beginning to fill up.
6: Levi, have you filled up all these wineskins? Well, get cracking, get on with it. The more drunk they are, the more money they spend, so get on with it. And Mary, what about those pans? Have you finished scrubbing them? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. We'll need them. Martha, how's that bread going? Well, stop talking and get kneading. Go on. Zach, how many lambs and goats have we got? No, that's not nearly enough. You'd better get down to the market and get some more. Get some of these boys to help you. They're just standing around doing nothing. It's not good enough. I can't do everything myself. Naomi, how's the beds going? Well, get as many in as you can. There'll be whole families, so just cram them in. Leah, how's that person up in the top? The one that's wounded? Well, see if you can get him to move out. You can dress his wounds, but see if he'll go, because really I could get a whole family in that room. Oh, do I have to do everything myself?
1: Oh dear, it does sound very crowded there. Let's see what Mary made of all this as she and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem.
4: I don't think I've ever been so happy to see an ordinary gate as when we got to Bethlehem. I was tired and aching all over and my contractions had been going on for a while and let me tell you that stuff is painful. One time I nearly fell off the poor donkey who was probably as exhausted as I was. The pain was so intense that I had to hold my belly not that it helped. Luckily, Joseph caught hold of me and we stopped until I felt like we could go on. What made my heart sink, however, was the crowd entering through the gates ahead of us. With all these people, we'd be lucky if we found somewhere decent for me to give birth. Joseph told me not to worry and told me that people would probably take pity on a woman in labor. Finally, we entered through the gate, and Joseph steered the donkey through narrow streets filled with people, donkeys and carts. People stepped aside and let us through when they saw what state I was in, and soon we came to the main inn. The innkeeper and his wife stood on the steps shouting that they were full. No more guests for tonight! My heart sank even more, but Joseph walked up to them, and they spoke for a while. The time was clearly
1: coming for the baby to be born and it wasn't looking good for Joseph and Mary. Where on earth were they going to stay? Well, it seems a certain innkeeper had an idea.
6: No, Jacob, we can't possibly take them. We're full up. Well, if she's expecting a baby, it's her own problem. It's not my problem. No, we just can't get her in. No, we're absolutely jam-packed. There's no way. Anyway, they don't look as if they can pay very much. Oh, just send them away. Oh, all right then. Well, the only place I can think of that they could go would be the stable. And when she's had the baby, she'll just have to pop it in the manger. Yeah, I know it's dirty, but what else can I do? Well, she should have thought of that before she came. And anyway, they should be grateful that we're giving them anything.
4: I got down from the donkey and we walked through the courtyard to the stables. His wife was supporting me and told me to stay calm stable wasn't exactly my choice for where to give birth, but anything was better than outside and in public, and the contractions were getting ever more intense. In the end, giving birth in a stable wasn't so bad. My son made his entry into the world almost as soon as Joseph had made up a makeshift bed for me on the hay, and the innkeeper's wife having brought a bucket of warm water.
6: Well, I had to help, didn't I? I mean... You know, woman to woman. I mean, what did Joseph know about babies? Mind you, I kind of wish I hadn't because the baby was almost just born when in came a load of dirty old shepherds. (laughs) They were claiming they'd seen angels. I mean, I ask you, saying there was good news and they had to find this baby and worship it. (laughs) I reckon they'd had too much to drink to keep themselves warm when they were outside. I don't know. There's something very strange about the whole thing and that baby.
0: Sure.
1: we have heard on high. There'll be more from our very special retelling of the Nativity in just a few minutes. But now I'd like to share a festive poem with you. This is We All Grow Young at Christmas read by our producer Grace Dawson.
7: We All Grow Young at Christmas by Phil W. Sprague found at slideshare.net forward slash Glen D forward slash Christian-poetry-from-a-yo-z Gathered by Pastor Glenn Pease All hail the joy of Christmas That comes perpetually The Christmas that was and the Christmas that is And the Christmas yet to be Though old and tired and sad When we meet by the Saviour's cradle Our burdened hearts grow glad at the sight of the newborn Christ child. Like a draught of spiced wine fills the dullest heart with the magic thrill of a youth divine. Then hail to the joy of Christmas that comes perpetually, the Christmas that was and the Christmas that is and the Christmas yet to be. And we all grow young at Christmas, as we hear the story old, how the angels to the shepherds Their Christmas tidings told. And the oldest feels the beating of his heart at that strain increase. Glory to God in the highest, on earth, goodwill and peace. And we all grow young at Christmas, as our children's voices raise in the gladsome carols of Christmas, the angelic hymn of praise. They are welding the ages with music. In the song that shall never cease, glory to God in the highest, on earth goodwill and peace. Then the feeblest knows the power of a life that never grows old, and the hardest feels the presence of a love that never grows cold. For the joy the Christ child bringeth is a joy all others above, as it whispers to doubting mortals at the heart of God's world. Is love. And we all grow young at Christmas as we look down the years and see, child of the Christmas that has been, the Christmas yet to be. Ah, still there is strife and contention, there is want and squalor and sin, and the Christ child lies still in a manger, for we give him no room in the inn. But his star is the star of the morning. And it tells of a glorious day, when from east to west the wide, wide world shall own the Lord Christ's sway. Then the love that reigns in heaven shall reign throughout the earth, and in every land every heart shall keep the feast of the Saviour's birth. Then sing for the joy of Christmas that comes perpetually, the Christmas that was and the Christmas that is. And the Christmas yet to be.
1: Well, as we heard a little earlier, the Christ child had some rather unusual visitors. And it didn't sound like the innkeeper's wife was too keen on them, was she? I think they might have made a rather better impression on Mary, however.
4: Being in the stable also meant we were warm, dry and safe. I know every mother thinks her baby special, but mine really is. He appears to be just like any other baby, but there is something about his presence that calms the animals and makes me feel safe too. And he has his look in his eyes, that so all-knowing. And though he's only a few days old, he smiles properly, and shepherds have come to give him cute baby lambs. And even three kings came. They were exotic and brought in gifts of myrrh, frankincense, and gold. Joseph has completely fallen in love with him as well. I know they're going to have a great father-son bond. And as for me,
7: now I really feel both blessed and favoured.
1: Mary truly was blessed and favoured by the Lord. And we praise God on this special day for this wonderful miracle. But how did the shepherds and wise men that Mary mentioned come to be part of this story? I think it's time we heard from them in their own words, don't you?
3: It's really hard being a shepherd. You have to be awake all night long to protect the sheep from wild animals. And the nights are so cold. I look after some sheep near Bethlehem. There are a few of us who work together, trying to keep warm and keep the animals safe at the same time. Of course we swap stories, but we work We talk about the latest happenings in town, and we share tips and tricks. One of our heroes is David. He started out like a shepherd, just like us. But he rose to be the greatest king of Israel. Now, what would it be like to be king of Israel? Well, but that can't happen now. The Romans are in charge. Still, one can dream, eh? And that was one of the things that surprised us when the angel came that cold night. I'd never seen an angel before, so I thought he was a ghost. The first thing he did was calm us down. You can imagine, one minute we were chattering away, and the next he was there. And then he started telling us about a baby in the city of David from his lineage. Surely that couldn't be. He even told us how to find him. And then, something even more amazing. When he'd finished, several more appeared. The place was full. They all started singing, giving glory to God and declaring peace on earth to those whom the Lord had shown favour. It was also beautiful, and captivating. Soon, we were all caught up in the praise. But then, as suddenly as they appeared, they were gone. After we got over the shock, we were all like, hmm, what was that? Then someone pointed out that there had to be a reason why they came to us. Soon, we'd all agreed to go to Bethlehem. For some reason, no one thought about the precious sheep then. We just hurried off to this town. Bethlehem was full. We'd heard there was a census in town and that the city was filling up with people from all over the country. You know people going to their ancestral homeland to be counted but we're night people. We hadn't actually seen the city fill up. Well we went around every inn but we could not find this baby. Eventually we got to one where the innkeeper just told us that a baby had just been born, only not in the inn, but in the stable, because there had been no room. That was when we remembered that the angel had actually said we'd find him wrapped in squaddling clothes, laying in a manger. When we saw him, we just knew he was the one. There was just such peace in the atmosphere. We couldn't bear to leave him alone but his mother was with him and after a while though they asked us to stay, we thought it was best to leave. We heard much later that some wise men came and gave some magnificent gifts. We didn't have any such to give. In fact, to this day we still wonder why we were chosen. After all, we're just shepherds. But when he'd grown up and died and even risen, I still remember the first time I saw the Messiah. He was just a baby then. I had no idea what would eventually happen to him, but I knew this baby was like no other. As I said, I'm only a shepherd.
5: Snap. No.
1: kate rusby and these shepherds were of course not the only visitors seeking out the newborn child let's listen to an extract from matthew chapter 2 now
2: after jesus was born in bethlehem in judea during the time of king herod magi from the east came to jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born king of the jews we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him.
1: Well, I wonder what these wise, learned men thought of all this, being guided by a star to worship a baby.
8: I'm Caspar and I can hardly believe it. Here I am, tears in my eyes, kneeling and worshipping a little baby. No, it's not because I've come a long way, although I have, miles across vast dry deserts from my home. Yeah, a very long way. But this is what the star signified. Yes, I, I've been studying the mysteries of the universe. Months ago, this amazing star suddenly appeared in the night sky. Yes, it blazed right across the sky. <laughs> I was so excited, I told my tutor, Melchior. Mm, a great king is born, he gasped. This baby? A great king? <laughs> Yeah, my heart's thumping, and my body, well, <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed with joy, and these tears, yes. Ah, oh, and I brought a gift. Well, we've all brought, actually, some gifts, yes. I was in this spy shop. I couldn't get away from this jar of myrrh. No. Yes, valuable, but no, not a gift for a king. But something inside me made me think. Could it be prophetic? Telling the future? Maybe part of the mystery of the universe? Well, that's what my studies are all about. Now, here. Yes. I feel I'm right. This baby. (laughs) They've just told me his name's Jesus. Well, Jesus. You are destined for greatness. Could it be king of the universe? You've certainly got that magnificent star. (laughs) Yeah, that star led us here. Well, we did get a bit diverted to that dreadful King Herod's palace. Well, that's where kings should be born, isn't it? In palaces. Herod seemed rather shocked. Well, perhaps he was a bit frightened. He got out all those dusty old books and professors. Bethlehem seemed to be the place, they said. Well, when we got her back out of there, sure enough, that star appeared again. It showed us the way. Guess what? To Bethlehem. You know, Herod wants us to go back and tell him all about what happened don't think I trust him. Ah, here you are, oh Jesus, myrrh, my gift. Yes, a very strange gift. But kneeling here, I do think the gift is prophetic. There is a fragrance of death in your future. But myrrh seems to blend death and sweet and sacred hope. Oh, King Jesus, I worship.
1: Well, we're almost out of time for today, but before we go, we have just one last festive treat for you. This is an extract from Reflections from a Handful of Light by Michael Mitten. If you'd like to get hold of a copy, even after Christmas, these selected reflections are completely free from Torch for all blind and partially sighted people in the UK. Just give us a call on 01858 or email info at torchtrust.org. Torch is closed now until the new year, but we'll be sure to get back to any inquiries as soon as we can. In this piece... Author Michael Mitten talks about the impact the shepherd's story had upon him.
9: What has always touched me about this story is the contrast between the highly dramatic and the very ordinary. The shepherds witness an amazing heavenly concert, but what gets them really excited is not the display of angels on the hillside, but the very domestic scene of the mother and baby. It is, of course, the message of the angels that makes that scene so special, and this in itself is significant. Few of us are likely to see the heavenly host and come across the angel of the Lord giving us a personal message, but we can all have moments of being unusually aware of what some call the numinous, a sense of the presence of God. It may come as we are going about our normal lives, or we may find we encounter it when we are in a particularly holy place, or at a very important moment in life. It's not something we can manufacture. We can't create the experience. It is a gift, and we can either be open or closed to receiving it. Some encounters, like the experience of the shepherds, are so dramatic that you would have to be incredibly unaware to miss it. But other encounters are much more subtle. They are precious moments when it feels as if God has just slipped into the room and is beside us. When we become more open to his presence. When the veil between this world and heaven seems far thinner than normal. When these moments happen it is worth stopping whatever we are doing and being as receptive as we can. There may be a message for us, or a sign that we must follow. The hillside experience gave the shepherds new eyes. After that experience, they could go into the streets of Bethlehem and find a perfectly normal domestic scene, but see it with the eyes of heaven. They found the Messiah in the stable. They found God in the ordinary. This is the great gift of the heavenly encounter. It enables us to discover the presence of God in the most mundane of places. Reflection Have you ever had moments when you have sensed the presence of God in a very special way? You may have valued it at the time, or you may have dismissed it, even been frightened of it. What do you think God was trying to say to you? Think about what you will be doing in the next few days. How can you live in such a way as to be more open to seeing the signs of God in the events of daily life? Open my heart, Lord, so that I may discover your presence and hear your word to me, whether in hillside revelations or in the everyday streets of my world.
5: more.
1: Father God, we give thanks for the miracle of the Nativity and what it means for all of us, then, now and always. You gave your Son to live amongst humanity, to die for us and to love us. Let us be truly grateful and carry the spirit and joy of the true meaning of Christmas in our hearts always. Amen. Well, that just about brings our Christmas Day special to an end. I'd like to say an enormous thank you to our Nativity writer and performers today, all of whom are blind friends of Torch. So thank you to Lynn Davies, who was Mary, Sheila Armstrong, who was the innkeeper's wife, Dr Mike Townsend, who was Caspar the wise man, and Dr Ifiolu Akitunde, who was the shepherd. And finally thank you to you, our listeners. We loved sharing 2022 with you and we do hope you've enjoyed spending time with us this Christmas day. We'll be back next Sunday with our New Year's Day hour-long special episode, so do tune in at 9am. Until then, from me, Marilyn and everyone on the Reflections team, goodbye, God bless and Merry Christmas.
2: You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust.